Cross Point, don't you just love a God story? Amen. I, I love the fact that, that God cares so deeply for us that, um, that He is still in the business of just restoring lives, just restoring families, and just doing miracles in our life. And, and it's just so wonderful to hear these stories. Um, I'm thankful for Jeff and Harriet and just what God has done in their life and, and the reality that they have had the opportunity this morning to share their story with us. Uh, I don't know about you, but I find it so encouraging just knowing that God is working in those capacities. And this morning, we're going to have an opportunity to continue in our series where we're talking about the compassion of Christ. And so that's what we're going to be sort of diving into this morning and taking a look at. Before we get started, uh, I do want to... Um, I just want to say this, it's beginning to feel a lot like Christmas around here. How many of you begin to sense that? Amen? Uh, I, I love it when we, when we come together as a faith family and we, we sing the Christmas carols. It's always a good time. It, it really reminds us of the season that we're in. You know, for my wife, she usually starts with Christmas songs around August, okay? I don't know about any of you here today, but uh, it, it drives me nuts to to get in the car, and that's what's on, you know, and I'm like, what are you doing already, you know? It's usually about the second week of December before I'm ready for Christmas, but, but I, I tell you, by the time it gets here for me, I love it. I love the opportunity we have to just, to just worship together and, and to sing those Christmas carols together. It's a, it's a beautiful time because it's about celebrating the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ, amen? And, uh, and we have an opportunity to just celebrate Him through those songs. I appreciate so much our worship team and all the work that they do to just bring what they do each and every week to us uh, in those regards. Speaking of that, I want to mention before we dive into the message that next Sunday we are going to have a special time of worship through music uh, and where our worship team is going to be basically presenting the gospel through music. Our, our children will have an opportunity to come and, and participate in that service as well. And so it's going to be a great time for our faith family just to uh, to just worship through music, and I hope that you'll make plans to be here. That's next Sunday, December the 18th, both services, just like always. But I also want to mention that on December the 24th, we're going to have a special Christmas Eve service where we'll be celebrating the birth of the Savior, Jesus Christ, the birth of Jesus, but also pointing to the reality that He came and He was born on this earth to walk and live on this earth, only to go to the cross and die on the cross for the atonement of our sins. And so we'll be celebrating the Lord's Supper together uh, on December the 24th, Christmas Eve at 5 o'clock. I hope that you can make plans to be here. And then the next two Sundays after that, it's important that I mention this to you, uh, but the next uh, two Sundays after that, we're going to combine services. That's Christmas Day, December 25th, and New Year's Day. We're going to combine services and just have one service at 11 o'clock on those Sundays only. Now, I know I'm sort of throwing a lot at you, but I, I want to just let you know that at the end of the service, we are going to be making available to you an impact card like this right here that says share the season. And on the back, it has all of what I just mentioned right there. So you, if you have a hard time remembering, just put this on your refrigerator and you'll, you'll remember. I, I have no doubt that you'll be able to see this and, and know just when uh, the happenings at Cross Point Church are taking place. But also, I just want to mention this, that we have printed up enough for each person in this room to take four or five or six or however many you feel like you want to take and use these as opportunities to invite your friends and your neighbors and your co-workers to our December the 18th uh, next Sunday celebration service uh, with music or any of the other services that we have 
going on here throughout the rest of this holiday season. And so uh, we have talked about the, the reality that, that we have an opportunity to share the greatest gift that we ever received, and that is Jesus Christ with others. And one of the tangible ways we can do that is inviting our friends to come worship with us. It's a beautiful time of the year to just in, to do that. So I want to just encourage you to take several of these. Uh, i tell you something we as a staff are going to do as well. I want to invite you to do this too. But we're going to use these cards uh, in just a spirit of, of just giving away Jesus uh, by using these cards in, in what we would call random acts of kindness, where maybe uh, we see... Uh, a, a group of guys over here uh, who serve in our military, and we want to buy their lunch. And so by buying their lunch, we'll send this over uh, with, our, with the, the, the waitress to go over and, and, and just let them know that their meal has been covered. Or maybe as you drive through a, a fast food place or something, you might want to pay for someone's uh, meal behind you. I know just things like that, just random acts of kindness. If you want to participate in any kind of way like that, this, it's another way that we can be generous, but we can also give away Jesus together as a church. And so just be sure and take these and invite somebody to come and be a part of the remainder of our holiday season as we worship together. A lot of exciting things. Uh, today at 4.30, we have our open house at the new facility. And so I hope you'll come out and be a part of that. It's more than just an open house and a tour. It's going to be a time of prayer and it's going to be a time of just writing scripture on the walls, uh, on the studs there, uh, saying, writing a prayer you know, I've already, Linnell and I were talking this morning, and she said, what are you going to write, and where are you going to write it? I said, I think I'm going to write all over that place, you know. Uh, but I'm going I'm to I'm write my prayers for our worship team. I'm going to write prayers for the people that come and are part of our, our church and faith family. I'm going to write prayers in our offices for our staff. I'm going to just fill that place with my prayers and, and Scripture, and I hope that you'll come as well and be a part of that. That's at 4.30 to 6, and I uh, hope to see you there. So let's pray. And then we're going to dive into the message today and just uh, continue worshiping through the reading and preaching of God's Word. Pray with me, if you will. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit of God, Lord, we do thank you for this day, and we thank you for the opportunity we've had to, to just lift up our voices in song and adoration and praise uh, to you, because, Father, you're so worthy of our praise. And, Father, we thank you for this day where we can come and gather in this place and we can we can worship together. We can learn uh, your word together, Lord, as we, as we read and preach from your word, as we continue to worship in those regards. I pray, Father, that you would just speak deeply into our hearts and you'd help us to understand, God, how it is that we can be more like you. Father, we love you and we praise you and we thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, who, who was born thousands of years ago in a little town called Bethlehem. And that, Lord, the, the Word teaches us that He came and was born, that He would one day go to the cross. And it was on the cross that He would have His body broken, that He would have His blood shed, and it was on the cross that He would die, only to be buried in a tomb, and in three days have victory over sin and death. Father, we know that to be the gospel story. Lord, we love You and we thank You for that. We celebrate Jesus this morning Father, as we dive into your word, and Lord, I pray that as we look at these characteristics of Christ, as we continue in this study, that you would teach us and that you would mold us and shape us into exactly who you want us to be. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name, amen. 
Years ago, I had the opportunity to go on my very first mission trip. And a lot of you have been on mission trips. You've been on different places, different uh, countries maybe on missions. But I had that opportunity to go on my first trip. And it was the first one I'd ever been on. I'd never really been on one, but the opportunity was made to me. And what it was was we were traveling from from here in Georgia all the way to the West Indies to a little island called St. Kitts that had been devastated by a hurricane. And when we arrived, we, we didn't really know what to expect. I certainly didn't know what to expect because I'd never been on a trip like that. We were going down there to just do this hurricane relief work. And, and as we arrived, I remember just seeing the devastation where, where people who had little to nothing had lost even all of that and they had nothing. People all around me that were suffering and hurting because of the devastating loss due to a hurricane. I remember driving down the streets as we were making our way to the area in which we were going to be working and and seeing people sitting in an old broken chair where at one time maybe their house had been and sitting there and even weeks after the hurricane had come through, they were crying in their hands because there was just this lack of, of, of hope and and, and they were in such despair. I remember being surrounded for about two weeks with all this suffering. And as I looked around and I saw all of that, I remember that my heart just began to hurt with them. I began to experience just a lot of emotions that I, I had never really experienced before. And if you had asked me about that, I would have probably pointed to this, this idea that I just felt so sorry for them. I would have pointed to really a, a, a reality of sympathy in my life because I, I felt like what I was having or feeling or experiencing was a heart of, of sympathy and pity. I just felt so sorry for everyone that I was around. And during my time there, I began spending time in God's Word and, and, and I was just searching the Scriptures and I was, I was just blown away at how many times as I sat down and, and had that quiet time with the Lord that I came across passages that pointed to this idea that Jesus was compassionate. Over and over and over throughout the Scriptures, I came across those verses where it said that as Jesus looked out at the crowds, that He had compassion for them, and many times He responded in some sort of action step. It was either healing or it was, it was teaching them truth or, or the many different things that Jesus does when we see in Scripture where He had compassion for those who were hurting. And I remember thinking that Jesus is the ultimate example of compassion. And I also began thinking that maybe what I was experiencing myself was compassion toward others. There was nothing more in my heart that could have been there than this desire to help other people. I just, I I started thinking about everything that I had back home. I started thinking about how for so long I had taken my life for granted. And now I'm down here with so many people who have absolutely nothing. And what I was experiencing was a compassion for them in the same way that Jesus was teaching me about compassion. You know, the Hebrew and the Greek word uh, that describe compassion or, or reveal the meaning of passion, they, they literally mean to have mercy and or have sympathy toward others. But it goes much deeper than that. Because from a biblical sense, when we look at the word compassion as we see in Scripture, we begin to realize and we begin to understand that it has a, 
a much deeper, more profound meaning than just simply having sympathy for other people, what we begin to see is it literally means, and this is what these two words literally mean, they mean it means suffering together. Suffering together. In other words, when people hurt, we hurt. We are suffering with them. It's not just looking from a distance and saying, oh man, they got life really badly. They, they, I, I really wish that hadn't happened for them. But instead, compassion is bringing our hearts into the mix to where as they suffer, we suffer as well. And so this morning, we want to look at this. We want to try to understand what it is that, that Jesus is teaching us as we look into his life and we see him who was the perfect example of compassion. We see all through the scripture where compassion is one of the most catalytic characteristics of Christ Jesus as it relates to driving his followers into action. We, we look into the life of Jesus and we see this compassion in so many different ways. When Jesus saw his friends weeping, the scriptures teach us that he himself began to weep because he was compassionate for them. He had, he had compassion for his friends, and therefore he wept as well. When Jesus saw those who, who really couldn't defend themselves, the scriptures tell us that Jesus was compassionate toward them. In fact, it says in Matthew 9, verse 36, it says, When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed. When I look at that word harassed, I think of what we see so often in our own world today with bullying. And I think about those who cannot defend themselves. And so here we have, you know, a passage that points out that Jesus had great compassion for those whom couldn't defend themselves. And then we continue reading through the scriptures and, and we see that, that when Jesus saw the crowds, he often saw them as sheep without a shepherd. And he had compassion on them. And one of the things that Jesus immediately begins to do is he begins to teach them truth. Mark 6, verse 34 says this, And when he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd, and he began to teach them many things. So he began to teach them the truth about how their hope would be in Christ Jesus, how their hope would be in him as the Savior, and that he was indeed the, sheep, the, excuse me, the shepherd for the sheep. And so we see all of this. We see that when, when Jesus looked at the crowds, he would often see those who were sick and he had compassion and he would heal them. And that's where our passage today takes us. We're looking at Matthew chapter 14, verse 14, one verse. As we're using that as a, a launching pad into the message here today. But we're looking at this truth that Jesus is compassionate. Most of us in this room have already understand that. We, we are thankful. We, we understand Jesus to be compassionate in our own life. We recognize that Jesus cares deeply for us. We're thankful that Jesus cares deeply for us. How many of you are thankful that Jesus cares deeply for you? It's a wonderful thing to think of Jesus and the reality that he cares so deeply for us. And so now in Matthew 14, we see this very familiar story. And this story begins with Jesus, it's the story of, of Jesus feeding the 5,000. And this story begins with something that I feel like we need to look at, we need to observe, we need to, to take into account. Because it sets the stage for us understanding, you know, what, what we read here when we, when we read about Jesus' compassion. 
You see, the story begins with news coming to Jesus that Herod had just recently beheaded John the Baptist. And so this is really where the story begins. The disciples come in and they share this news with him. As you can imagine, Jesus was not happy about that. He, in fact, he was probably quite sad that that had taken place. But Jesus receives the news. And then it says in Scripture that Jesus quietly removed himself and he sought to go out and find solitude or to be alone. As we continue reading in this passage, this story, we see that Jesus got in a boat and he went off, it says in Scripture, to find that desolate place. But what we also notice in the story is that the crowds came pursuing Jesus. The crowds continued to follow Jesus. And you wonder, you know, you, here's a guy who, who needs a little alone time, and yet the crowds continue to come. And that just reveals to us the neediness of the crowd, the, the reality that, that so many people were beginning to see Christ Jesus as the hope for their life. And so they are coming to him, and their story, our passage today, our text, it brings us to the place where Jesus is now coming back to shore, and we see the reaction of Jesus. Now remember, he's suffering. He's he he's gotten off. He you know, I, we can only really assume what Jesus got away for. Maybe it was to mourn or maybe it was to pray, maybe it was to just clear his head, maybe it was to think about what comes next, but he'd gotten away and now he comes back to shore and we read this in verse 14. He says when he went to shore, went ashore, he saw a great crowd. And he had compassion on them, and he healed their sick. Let me read that again, because this is so important. Now, I really don't want you to miss what's taking place here. Jesus, it says, when he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion on them, and he healed their sick. Here's a time in Jesus' life where He'd gone away to be alone. Didn't want to be disturbed. And yet people still came. And here's a time in Jesus' ministry in his life where as he looked upon the crowd, he couldn't help but have compassion for them. You know, compassion does a remarkable thing in our hearts. Compassion, it helps us to put aside maybe our our, our selfish thoughts, it, it helps us to put aside maybe uh, what we were thinking that we may want to do, and it draws instead attention on other people. And so here Jesus is, he's, he's gone away, he's come back, the crowds are here, and Jesus may not quite be ready for what he's about to face, and yet it says that when he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them, and immediately he went into action because the Word of God teaches us that he began to heal the sick. Jesus cared for them. There was no walking away from this grand truth that Jesus cared deeply for people. You know, I look at this and there's so much that we can learn from, from this verse. There's so much that we can learn from the life of Christ and even examining the other passages of Scripture that point to the compassion of Jesus. But I jotted down a few that I want to sort of bring attention to this morning because I think these are really important for us. And, and I believe they are some real life lessons that we can learn 
from that will help us to be more compassionate toward other people. Here's the first one. The first one is this, and this is just something I jotted down, but compassion is one of the key elements driving the mission of Christ. You see, Jesus was born for a purpose. He was born in a manger. We know the Christmas story. We're going to be looking more at that as we progress through the holiday season. But he was born in a, in a, in a, in a manger. He was born in Bethlehem, a little town. But he was born that he would come with a purpose. He was, he was born to come with a purpose. And that purpose was that he would walk among us. You know, we, when, we, when we hear the Christmas story, we sang about it earlier, we find out that Jesus would be called Emmanuel, which literally means God with us. And so what we begin to see just in the name of Jesus, just in, in this title that is given to him called Emmanuel, that God has such a deep heart and compassion for his people that he would not want them to walk alone in their weakness and in their suffering. And so he would send his son, he would send his son to come to be born in a manger, but not just to be born, but to walk among us, only to go to the cross, and it would be there that he would suffer himself, and it would be there that he would ultimately die, only to be buried in a tomb, but having victory over death and sin, he would raise to life in three days. And so this is why Jesus came to be born. And so as we think about that, we look at this, and we realize that Jesus had a mission. Jesus came for a purpose. And one of the key elements that drives the mission of Christ is the compassion that Jesus reveals throughout his ministry. Jesus was compassionate. You know, it, it began long before Jesus was born in a, in a little manger in Bethlehem. In Isaiah chapter 54, verses 7 and 8, we read something about the Lord. It says here, all the way back in the Old Testament, we read where it says about the Lord that, that the Lord said, with a great compassion, I will gather you. Speaking of his children, with a great compassion, I will gather you. And with an everlasting love, I will have compassion for you. Think about that for just a moment. God speaking of his children, God speaking of his own when he says, I will gather you because of compassion. I will gather you and I will have compassion for you. What? Everlasting. It's a beautiful thing. Then he sends his son who would be born in a manger with the purpose of going to the cross. And one of the key defining elements of who Jesus Christ is, one of those characteristics or attributes that we could point to about Jesus is his compassion. It drives his ministry, his ministry, his mission. In John chapter 3, verse 16 through 17, we read about God's great love that he has for the lost. Revealing the mission of Christ when he says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, and whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. So Jesus, the Son of God, was born of a virgin named Mary. He was born in Bethlehem, a small town in a manger of humble means, only to live out his life as God with us, walking with us, living that life without sin, only to go to the cross 
This was his mission. He came that we would not be sheep without a shepherd. And so this is the story of Jesus, and compassion is one of those key elements of the mission of Christ. Now here's the second thing that I wrote down. The other observation that I made is that compassion is the fuel that propels us into action. As a child of God, what Christ has done within you and what He is continuing to do with you through sanctification, beginning with our salvation and as He continues to sanctify us by His His Holy Spirit, we begin to realize as we examine the compassion of Christ, when we see that Jesus looks at his friends and he weeps for them, that challenges us to consider the nature of our friends, to think about what they're going through, that when we see them weep, we find ourselves weeping as well. When we see the compassion of Christ Jesus in the Word of God, we are challenged to be more compassionate toward people. We begin to take on an outward focus instead of an inward focus because it doesn't have as much to do with us as maybe we once thought, and it has more to do with what Jesus wants us to do with our life instead. And we begin to see the compassion of Christ and how it has its effect on us, and we realize it becomes the fuel that propels us into action. There's not been too many times in my life where I ran out of gas. I don't know how many times you have run out of gas. In the first service, I saw somebody look at their husband like all the time, you know. There's only been a few times. But I remember this one so vividly. It was years ago. We were living in Moultrie, and Linnell and I were on our way home. It was late at night. We had been down to Valdosta, actually, for something going on down there. And we were on our way back, and it was late at night. And if you've ever driven... From Valdosta to Moultrie, uh, you know, in the middle of the night, it's dark. There's no street lights, okay? There's just country roads, and, and we're on that last about 10-mile stretch coming into town. And, and I looked down at my fuel gauge, and I said, uh-oh, we're almost out of gas. And then she says, and, she, and I get that look from her immediately that most any husband could expect from their wife where, like, you didn't put gas in the car, you know? And, and, and she's just kind of sitting there, but she's looking, you know. And, and so I said, well, no need to worry. The computer says we can go 54 miles. We only got about eight or ten to go. Within seconds, <laughs> the car started sputtering, and the car started shaking. And she looked at me, and she says, you're not going to get me that easy. I said, I only wish it was a joke, hon. She goes, whatever. I said, I am not kidding. I think we're out of gas. And so we pulled off the side of the road, and all you could hear is crickets and Sasquatch. (laughs) That's all. You could hear the boogeyman, and you could hear Sasquatch, and a few crickets out there, but that was all there was on this country road. And I said, it looks like we're going to be walking. She says, no, it looks like you're going to be walking. I couldn't believe we ran out of gas. If it wasn't for a friend, by the grace of God, that just happened to pull up as we were getting out of the car to make that long trek to to Moultrie, to come by and like, what are y'all doing walking around in the middle of nowhere? You know, uh, if it wasn't for that friend, we we would have had to walk home. The point I'm making, though, is 
It takes fuel to drive the car. It takes fuel to propel the car. And what we see about the compassion of Christ and even the compassion that we may have for others is that as we examine Jesus' life and we see the compassion that he had over and over and over through the Scriptures, the Scriptures testify to this truth that Jesus was compassionate and it's one of the key elements that drives his mission, then therefore it becomes the fuel which drives our mission, which is for the mission of Christ. And this is what we see as we read through this. I don't know that you can truly be a believer and, and, and see the compassion that Jesus has for other people and not at least desire to be as compassionate as he is. In fact, John asked that question. In 1 John 3.17, he says this, he says, if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? It's a very simple question that John is asking. He's saying, how could it be that we as followers of Christ, if indeed we're followers of Christ, not have compassion for those in need? And the point that I believe John is making here is that if Jesus is living his life for others, if Jesus is living his life in such a way that he's never really taken into consideration his own life, but instead the lives of others, knowing that he has come to go to the cross and die for the sacrifice for our sins, to die for the atonement of our sins, that he would be willing to sacrifice, that he would be willing to give it all. John asked this question, how could we, in looking at Jesus' life as the one who gave it all, not also be compassionate, not also be people whose heart breaks when we see others suffer? I think that's where the whole idea of suffering together, those two, the Hebrew and the Greek word pointing to Compassion meaning literally suffering together. I think that's where it all begins to come into focus. We look at what the Word of God is saying, what different passages are teaching us, and we begin to realize that if Jesus was compassionate and we're followers of Christ Jesus, then we too should be compassionate. It's the fuel that propels us into action. Ralph Waldo Emerson, he once wrote these words, he says, the purpose of life is not to be happy. It is to be useful, to be honorable, to be compassionate, and to have it make some difference so that you have lived and lived well. I can only imagine, I can only imagine what it means to stand before God and know that I have lived well with my life that I lived out my life looking more like Jesus than I did my old self. This is what we see in Scripture as we look at this. We look and we see the, the compassion that Jesus has. I want us to look once again at our passage here, our verse, verse 14. It says, He went ashore and He saw a great crowd and He had compassion on them. 
You know, I was asking myself this question, how might we cultivate compassion in our own lives? You know, compassion is not something that we're necessarily born with. I don't, I think at, at an early age, we just look at children's lives, a lot of times we can see where, where uh, they're not about sharing anything, you know? I have a granddaughter, and she is perfect, I must say, uh, or at least she was, <laughs> until she learned that everything was hers, you know, and she's not willing to share. And you're, you're looking at a little girl, and you're going, where did you learn that? I know not from her granddaddy. I know that, you know, but where did you learn that? Where did you learn this, this everything's about me and not about anybody else? And, you know, but I know we're not born with it, but as I, as I thought about looking into the life of Christ and realizing that one of the key characteristics of Jesus is compassion, then I, I begin to ask myself, how do, we, how do we cultivate that sort of compassion in our own life? And, and I think the answer is in our verse here. As we look at this, it says, he went ashore, and this is what we see Jesus do. It says, he went ashore and he saw a great crowd. And I think that the answer to that question lies in that word, saw he he looked at people and he saw them in a particular way and i realized that if i'm going to com cultivate compassion in my own life if i'm going to be a man who is more compassionate then it begins with me seeing people the way jesus saw people it begins with me seeing others the way jesus sees others you go to a place like saint kitts after a hurricane is blown through and there's devastation everywhere and it's not hard to find people who are suffering, who are in need, who maybe we should be compassionate toward, but maybe around here it's a little bit more difficult. I don't know. Because most of us probably have most everything we need, but the reality is all around us are people who are lonely. All around us are people who are hurting. All around us there are people who are struggling. All around us there are people who don't have anything to eat or have clothes to wear when it turns cold. All around us are people who need Jesus because of maybe despair in their life or an emptiness in their life. And Jesus sees them that way. But when we look at the crowds, what do we see? And so as I look at this and I, and I ponder and I, and I wrestle with this question on how I can cultivate more compassion in my life, how I can become more compassionate person and follower of Christ Jesus, I believe it really begins with seeing people the way Christ sees people. But it says here, and he had compassion on them. You know, one of the things I realized is that I can't make myself be more compassionate. And so one of the steps has got to be that we pray that Jesus would cultivate compassion within our hearts. I think it's part of the process of just God sanctifying us with his Holy Spirit when, when we begin to look at our friends and we see them hurt and we weep with them. Looking at the crowds and seeing people who are living their life in despair and hopelessness and realize that the greatest thing that's going on in their life is they're living their life as sheep without a shepherd. You know, I'm convinced that we will, never, we will never share Jesus with people if we don't see that they need Jesus. We just never will. 
If we're not practicing compassion, if we're not practicing and trying to cultivate uh, really a culture within ourselves where we see people through the eyes of Christ, then we'll probably never see them as needing Jesus and therefore never telling them about Jesus. If we don't see people who suffer, we'll probably never help them. And so I pray that as a church, I pray that as followers of Christ Jesus, that we could look into the life of Christ and we would see that there are so many attributes that Jesus has and that that he exemplifies all of them. All of the attributes of the Father, Jesus puts on display for us to see. And all of these qualities, these attributes, these characteristics, we as followers of Christ are called to be Christ-like and to apply them to our life. We should be about cultivating compassion. He set the example for us. So we see people the way Christ sees people. We pray that Christ would transform our heart. And then finally, I'd like to say that we probably need to just give of ourselves. Give of ourselves. I think giving of ourselves. when I talk about that, I'm really talking about serving God in whatever way or capacity he's called us to serve. But giving of ourselves. when we begin to give ourselves away, our focus is on the mission of Christ. When we look inward, we can hardly see it. And so here we begin to see that, that in the same way as we read through the scriptures, we realize that Jesus was, a one, was one who gave it all away. Jesus was one who was willing to go to the cross and, and sacrifice his life for ours. And I just thought about as we try to cultivate this compassion in our own life, then maybe, maybe we should try giving ourselves away. Serving God for His glory. These are just a few things. In just a few moments, we're going we're gonna to stand and sing our last song where the worship team's going to come out and lead us like they do each and every week. And maybe some of you here today, and what you desire more than anything is to get to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. We've been walking through week after week after week of the many different characteristics or attributes of who Christ is, and, and we have an opportunity to, to give our life to Him. He is, he is our Savior. He is our hope. He is our, our peace and our joy. And So maybe this morning for some of you, that's a step that you've never taken and you want to begin today with that. Or maybe today what you want to do is to pray to be more like Christ, beginning with this idea of, of just knowing Jesus as, as one who is most compassionate. And so in just a moment, we're going to stand and we're going to, we're going to sing. Maybe this morning we just want to pray and ask God, how do we give of ourselves? But after we've sung this last song and we worship together in those regards, we're going to have an opportunity to give in another way. Last week we mentioned, and over the last couple of weeks we've mentioned an opportunity of giving a second offering. This morning we want to take up that second offering. Already there have been people who have contributed. Already there have been people who have, who have 
already added that aren't going to be here this week. I want to just say, if you're not ready to do that this morning, that's perfectly okay. This isn't an expectation. This is just an opportunity. If you want to contribute even more, we, we laid out some very tangible things that we're giving to with this second offering. We set a goal of $100,000. Can I just tell you, through the contributions that came in already before this service, we're almost there. Is God good or what? But we have an opportunity in a few moments to take up the second offering. If you need more time, we're going to continue that through not taking up an offering, but you will have an opportunity to give to the church a year in giving up through the end of the year, and then we will combine that and celebrate that the first of the new year. But when I think about Jesus and the truth that He gave it all, that we as his followers could be compassionate toward others, be people of charity and generosity, give of ourselves either through service or maybe even financially. Everything that we have today is exactly that. It's an opportunity to participate in the kingdom of God. And so let me pray for us, and then we're going to have the band come out, and they're going to pray. I mean, they're going to lead us in worship. And then we'll take up the offering, and we'll close out the service. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you, God, for all that you've done in this place. We thank you for the opportunity we have to worship you in spirit and truth. God, we love you. Lord, we thank you that during this holiday season, Lord, we have been able as a church and, and both as individuals, God, we've had this opportunity to give away our faith in so many different ways. And God, our prayer is, is that as we continue to live our life on mission for Christ, that God, you would continue to help us by showing us the way by leading and guiding us with your Holy Spirit. Father, that the greatest gift that we may give would be Jesus himself. Father, we pray that you would continue to just pour into the lives and the, the hearts of so many in this community. Father, we pray that you would draw men and women unto yourself for salvation and sanctification. God, we pray that you would continue to lead us and guide us in, in so many incredible ways that we may find ourselves celebrating only the things that you could accomplish in our life and praising you and giving you all the glory for everything that we see. Lord, we love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.